Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone. And you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, fiduciary, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and I'm honored to be your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, for the month of October, and I know we're in November, but for the month of October, I tackled the topic, hey, are you ready to retire? And do you want to stay retired? And boy, did I open a can of worms. What questions came from it? And thank you very much. In fact, we're kind of tripping over into November to make sure that we give you the information you need so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. So what we're going to talk about today is we started it last week, but we're going to talk mostly today on this is the fact that once you've determined, hmm, I know the amount of money I have coming in, I know what I have to live on, what my needs are, and I've got to make up that difference from my investments, right? That bucket of investments that we have, that yellow tank. Well, when you do that, the question then becomes, which investments do I use? Which one do I turn on and do I turn it on forever or do I just turn it on for a short period of time and then stop and then turn a different one on? How does this all work? I'm so glad you're asking the questions because that's an appropriate approach to retirement. You can't just take your big investment mix, right? Stir it all up and say, oh, I'm just going to pour it out and live happily ever after. Oh, that would be so easy. But that's not how it works. What we need to do is begin to analyze what are the investments that I own and what are their jobs and what's the good, bad and ugly about them? Are they appropriate for right now or inappropriate? Well, we started our discussion last week, and I want to finish this week by at least going over, okay, what investments do you own? What are the characteristics of it? Because once you understand the characteristics of what investments you own, then you can go to the second step, which is, okay, now that I understand what I got, how do I be most efficient with this? And I would tell you, this is where having a good financial advisor come alongside you and give input on it. A lot of times we overlook the tax implications, the market cycle over uh, implications, liquidity. You know, we get so used to when we're working, being able to take a loan if we need it and then catch up on it later. It doesn't work that way in retirement. Banks are funny. They don't want to give money to people who don't have jobs. <laughs> Go figure. They want to give houses. Oh, that's a whole different subject. We won't go there. So let's talk about these different type of investments that may be in your retirement account. Now, last week we talked about annuities. Not going there today. If you want to hear that one, go to our YouTube channel or you can go to crystalclearfinances.com under our radio tab. Carmi's put it there. You can listen to it. We've also began talking about stocks. Do I like stocks? Yeah. Are they appropriate for you? I don't know. I don't know your situation. Stocks are usually appropriate or inappropriate. Is there a risk associated with it? I think we've determined and set a baseline that anything in the stock market has risk, not just stocks. The problem with stocks is, is that you t a lot of people will take their money and say, okay, this is what I have. And it's like going to the casino. All righty. I'm going to put it all on stock number 32. Come on, stock number 32. Right? And they put it there. And then when it doesn't win, well, then they hate stocks. Well, what if they had instead put money in a lot of different ones? 
See, that's kind of what diversification is all about, being able to look at things and say, even though I'm really excited about this one, maybe I'll put a little bit more on that stock, but what other things are out there? So we've talked about stocks. So to now, today, I want to focus on new information for you. And I want to talk about mutual funds. Now, again, understand what I'm giving you is very high level. We can sit down one-on-one, talk about it in, in relation to your situation. You can Google and read about them. But my goal right here is to help identify, hey, these are some common ones that I see. Now, I love explaining how mutual funds work because there's a lot of misconceptions. So kind of think of it this way. Let's say that you want to buy a stock and you're so excited about this stock, but then you find out, okay, this stock is like really expensive. And so if I put all my money there, I'm only going to be able to buy that one stock. And then you think about it and you say, hmm, I remember Crystal saying, maybe that's not a good idea to take all my money and put it on one stock. But how do I get more stock or how do I do this? Well, they have mutual fund managers and their job is to say, well, why don't I go out and I'll buy, I have the money, I'll buy all these different stocks out there. Maybe I'll make a mutual fund that's just of beverages, Tropicana, Coca-Cola, orange juice, all these different things. And then I'll go to the financial advisors or go to the public and I'll say, hey, listen, I'll sell you little pieces of them so that you don't have to worry about putting your, let's say you had $100, your $100 on just one stock. What if I said for your $100, I'm going to give you a piece of Tropicana, a piece of Pepsi, I'm going to give you a piece of Dr. Pepper, why would you take that one? A piece of all these different little drinks, right? The different, because it's a beverage mutual fund that you were doing. This way, the individual investor can say, huh, I have $100 and instead of all putting it on one stock, now we get to have a whole bunch of different stocks. Now, that's pretty cool because you get lots of different stocks in your portfolio. In fact, a lot of times if you look under a mutual fund and you ask how many holdings, right? Type in how many holdings it has. Many times you'll see a mutual fund has anywhere from 500 to 2,500 different companies in that one fund. So there's a lot of diversification. People think they need to have multiple funds to have diversification. Look inside the fund. You get plenty of diversification in there if you're looking at what they're holding. And I tell you that because there's different degrees of it. Now, who pays that mutual fund manager? Well, you do. Because what you said is out of my $100, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay you for that, that you go buy all those different pieces. So there's the cost of what you're going to buy, the share of it. And then there's the internal fees because they're going to manage it because they're going to be the ones that say, you know, I don't think this one's doing that good. I'm going to pull it out. I think this one's doing good. I'm going to put it in. In the meantime, you're going skiing. You're doing whatever you want to do, right? You're not worried about what's going in and out of your portfolio. They are. And that's why they're paid to do that. So there is a, an added expense many times when it comes to saying, oh, I'm going to get this fund instead of this stock, but that's part of understanding what you have in your portfolio. And when we look at those funds, that's why sometimes people will say, hey, wait a minute, in a down market like we're in right now, how in the world could I have to pay taxes on it? I didn't make any money. Now, we already talked last week about dividends, but understand this, there's a misconception. People will say, 
I didn't sell any of my funds. I held it and I shouldn't have to pay any type of capital gains if it's in a taxable account. All right, mutual fund manager didn't get your memo because what they did is they said, huh, well, I bought this over here for $25. It went up to $75. Ooh, we're already down to 50. Uh, I'm gonna sell this one now and I'm gonna get something else that I can now buy real low and I can ride that one all the way up. They sold. So maybe they didn't sell when it was at $75. Maybe they waited till it went down to 50, but they sold it. And now there's a difference between what they originally bought it from and what they sold it for. Sounds just like how it worked with the stocks, huh? Except for the stocks, a lot of times you're more alert to say, I actually sold it because you saw the name of the stock. Inside the, the fund, many times you don't see it. And in fact, one of the things you can do Find the name of your funds on your statement, right? What is the funds that you're in? And then Google them and ask for the turnover ratio. Many times I've seen that the turnover ratio is almost 100%. Aye. Do you know what that means? That means that 100% of everything that was in that portfolio, they bought and sold in one year. So buy, hold philosophy is right. They just, some of them don't have that. And so you're wondering, why did they go ahead and sell it? So these are things, that's a really good question to be talking to your financial advisor about. Well, wait a minute, I thought we're buy and hold, but the funds I'm in, they're not buy and hold, then why are we using those funds? So understanding how the fees work inside of a fund, how the turnover ratio works in the fund, I think is very important in understanding when you're preparing for retirement, which are the ones you're going to sell? Which are the ones that you're going to get rid of? Which are the ones that actually create an income stream for you? Because one of the things that I didn't even touch, and we, we're not going to dive too deep, is that these funds, just like the stocks and just like ETFs we're going to talk about in a moment, they all have goals, like you and I, they have goals, except for some of their goals is they're going to grow. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to get bigger and bigger. They are muscle men at the gym. They're just going, they're just getting bigger, bigger. That's all their goal is. Then you have others that are like, well, I really don't want to grow. I like the way that I look. I'm just going to provide income for people. My whole goal, I don't want to be too risky. I'm just going to give you little checks and we'll all be friends. And then there's the middle of the road person that says, or fund, that says, well, I really like growing, but I like having all the friends that like the income stream and all the investors that come because of the income stream. See the connection. So I'm going to be both. I'm going to be growth and income. And so you'll see that many times when you get closer to retirement, people will be like, I want the income and the income and growth. I don't want the growth one because I'm not interested in that. I need income coming in, whether the market's up or down. So everyone has different phases that they go through, right? And so the funds and the stocks and ETFs, they have different goals too. Part of your job with your financial advisor is to determine what's right for you. You know, in the past, you, I, you probably remember this, right? They used to teach, oh, as soon as you got close to retirement, you better get in those bonds. You better get in those bonds because then you're going to be safe, right? Isn't that what they said? Okay, well, for many people, they said that. But is that really true? Did anybody look at their bond portfolio this year? Did you go negative? Many people did go negative. And again, I want to be compliance careful. So clients, my clients that had bonds in their portfolio, did go negative. Oh, I said that on the radio and on a YouTube channel because it's the truth. See, we think 
old systems and we think old patterns of up, oh, we always get into bonds, but if bonds still would go negative and bonds don't have the opportunity to grow like a growth in income, how are we going to keep up with our inflation, which is at what percent are they admitting to nowadays? You know, are they, is, are they saying we're seven, eight, nine, ten? Are they even calculating that correctly? We need something to be able to keep up with that. So when you're in retirement and you're saying, what do I have in my portfolio? That's where that adjustment where you do with your advisor says, huh, maybe we should switch that. All right, I'm going to do one more before we go through to the break. And I want to talk about ETFs. I know. Let me say it slow. ETFs. People are like, what in the world are those, Crystal? Okay, they're exchange-traded funds. And no, I have no idea why they don't pick different names, but that's the what we have to work with. So these exchange-traded funds work very similar to stocks and, you, and, and the funds, right? The mutual funds, because there's a basket. Get to have a basket in there of a whole bunch of different diversified funds in there. But here's the deal. When I'm calling on a fund, so let's pretend someone calls me first thing in the morning and says, Crystal, sell, sell, sell. First of all, hopefully we're going to have a conversation and we're not reacting and you really aren't my client because my clients don't do that. But let's just say, whatever the case was, you called and said sell. I call immediately to TD Ameritrade and say, we need to put in a sell order. And they say, gotcha, Crystal. I put it down. You know, I'm not going to do this till the end of the day. I'm like, I know, I know, but this is, this is the order. So if someone called saying sell, we put the order in and with the mutual fund, they don't have to sell it till the end of the day. That means it has a possibility. Yes, it could go up, uh, but it also has a possibility of what? It could go down. And so it's not till the end of the day that it's actually sold, even though you called me at 10 o'clock or 930 and said sell. With an exchange traded fund, then when someone calls and says, hey, I need to sell, I can get taken care of before the end of the day. Now, is that guaranteed for an over-the-counter one or a penny stock? That's a whole new thing. I'm just saying for compliance purposes, I know that. But on the whole, generally, an ETF can be sold very quickly. So I kind of look at it like this. An ETF is the updated version of the mutual fund. There's less fees in it. So we have the older one that's been around forever, not calling it a dinosaur, but it's been there. And now you have the ETF guys and they're coming in and they're putting things together, mimicking what was good in one product and making it more efficient for this day and time. Does that make sense? So those are things that you want to look in your portfolio. How would you find them? Well, if you want to look, if you have stocks or uh, mutual funds or ETFs, you're going to pull the statements, you're going to read the name, and you're going to look to see the ticker symbol. You can take that ticker symbol. What's a ticker symbol? I know, really, Crystal. Ticker symbol is just those letters, like alphabet soup, after the name of a fund. Find the alphabet soup, put it in the Google bar, and say, what is XY2W3, or whatever it is. It's not going to be a number. It's going to be letters. And put it in there, type it in, and it will tell you what fund you're in. It will tell you if you're a fund an ETF, or if we'll tell you it's a stock. And that's how you can know. And then you'll sit down with your advisor and say, okay, I know what I have. These are the stocks I have. Here's the funds I have. Here's the ETFs I have. I don't really know if they're growth or income unless it's cited in the name. Help me understand which are the ones I should be touching first 
for retirement. So let's take a quick 60 second break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about others. I mean, we haven't even touched bonds, CDs, income notes, real estate. Business. Oh, we've got more in your investment bucket to cover. And we'll be back in just 60 seconds with more crystal clear finances. Do you want to retire and stay retired? This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Retiring isn't dependent upon an age. It's based upon what your cash flow will allow and how long it will last. Knowing what you need compared to what you'll receive from Social Security and pensions can show you if your investments can create the cash flow needed to make up the difference. Learning how to properly position your assets now so they can be used as income later during retirement is key. Gain the confidence needed so that you can retire and stay retired. Learn the steps by calling Crystal Clear Finances at 518-433-7181 today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. I enjoy being able to walk through the steps that are needed in order for you to be able to retire and stay retired. Now remember, this is just a checklist. You should be sitting down with your financial advisor talking through all these components. Hey, Crystal said this. Well, maybe you might not wanna use that. But if you don't have a financial advisor, we'd love to meet with you. We provide a free initial consultation and our number is 518-433-7181. And this is what we do. Some people do other things. They have different callings on their life, different anointings. This is my wheelhouse. My son and I, this is what we love love to do, help people enter into retirement confidently, and more importantly, stay retired confidently. So let's jump back into what we were talking about. And yes, I am true to my pattern. I am consistent. I am nowhere near through all the material that I have for you. But that's what's so great because every Saturday you can just keep coming back and I'll just keep providing more and more information. Now, the first point that we're looking at, and uh, the whole focus of today is understanding what are the different investments you may have in your investment tank, right? We've talked a lot about having that yellow tank where we're cautious because we know it's in the market. We talked about the fact that we're realizing there might be a shortfall between what you have coming in the front door and what's going out the back door. And we're going to make up that difference. That stopgap is all going to come from everything in your investments. So we need to understand, first of all, before we go any further, what investments are there so we know how to tap into them appropriately. And that'll be the second point, which I'm quite sure will be next week's program. But for today, let's finish our discussion. Now we talked about annuities at nauseum. So you've guys got them, right? Annuities should be providing you a, oh, you guys are good. That's right, a lifetime income stream. We talked about stocks, we talked about mutual funds, we talked about ETFs. Is one more riskier than the other? Hey, are they all in the market? Okay then. Do some of them not allow you to move to cash while you're in the market? Mm-hmm. Yes, you heard me right. There are some fund companies that you're invested in, they can't move to cash, even if they see something falling. So there's different things you need to be aware of that you'll talk to your advisor about. Now I want to use this part of the program to talk about the other type of investments, like bonds. Now I've mentioned them before. Bonds used to be, hey, you're getting closer to retirement, you're gonna invest in bonds. What is a bond? Well, if stock means you're gonna 
own a company, then bonds mean you're going to loan to a company. So stocks allow you to own, bonds allow you to loan. And so when you look at that, the stocks, wow, I can participate in the growth because I'm taking more risk. I'm saying, hey, you are not under any obligation to pay me. I'm going to ride this train. But bonds are like, yeah, no, you're going to pay me. And I want to make sure that you understand where I am in the pecking order. I want to loan you my money and you should be paying me back that money at a certain rate. Now, there can be bond funds and then that kind of muddies the water. There's different bonds to different companies. There's individual bonds that, remember we talked about stocks, individual where I say, oh, I just want to loan money to just this company. Okay. So we're going to hope that company that for some reason needs your money is going to have the money to pay you back. Yeah. Okay. So we understand how bonds work. I'm loaning money. In the past, we saw bonds was a safe place to run. I don't know if that's a safe place to run in the future. Not giving investment advice for compliance purposes, but I am saying don't get caught up uh, in the way that we used to look at things in the past, right? In the past, it was always you did X, Y, and Z. See, there are foundational truths that will stay the same, but there will also be slight variations. There's things that change with time. Technology allows things to happen quicker, faster. What if I said, oh, I'm only investing in funds. I'm not going to use those ETFs, those new fangled things that are out there. Well, then I'm not keeping up with the time. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm just going to do whatever they say and just put my money there. I'm going to do the research and I'm going to keep my core principles the same. I'm going to know what I'm going to look for, but how I do it may be different. Same thing with the bonds. You're going to look at that now and be able to say, okay, I know these type of investments used to work before, but does it really work the same way now or is there a better way? Which would bring us to the next part in our investment. There are different types. And again, I want to be very careful here. No investment advice is given. But there are products that are out there that are similar to bonds where you say, yes, I'm going to loan my money. I'm going to tie it up for a certain period of time. And I know, and I'm thinking of one in particular, but I'm trying to be careful on the radio, that they're going to pay a specific rate to my client every month, like clockwork. Now, it is linked to the market, so there is risk. And some of them say, hey, you know, based on what the market does, I'll only give you this much. Or based if the market falls this much, I'm only going to give you that much. But the point of the matter is this. If we close our eyes and just say bonds are the only way and they have to be the way old bonds used to be, we might not be being the most efficient with our resources. So look inside your investment portfolio, look inside that yellow tank and see, do you have those type of notes they're called. They could be income notes, they could be growth notes, which really wouldn't be more bond related, but would they be income? Those are the types of things you want to sit down with your advisor and make sure that you discuss. The other area that we can talk about when you're looking at your investments is an area I'm just lightly going to tap, like angels fear to tread because compliance is watching all my YouTube videos. And that is you can look to see what accredited investments you have. I can't even talk about them on the radio or on our YouTube channel because only people that qualify with a certain amount of money, a certain amount of net worth can even enter into these. But just 
imagine. There has to be some type of product out there that lets you invest in IPOs. There have to be some type of products that are out there that are on cutting edge of new things coming to the market. Well, accredited investors, the reason why they're the only ones allowed to touch that is, I think it's because they figure, hey, you've got enough money that if this messes up and you lose everything, you're still going to eat. And I think in a way, that's wise. You wouldn't want someone who has $25,000 to their name to hear about this new IPO that's coming out or this group of IPOs that's coming out or this real estate that you're doing and say, I want my $25,000 in there. And when they say, okay, that didn't work, we're going to try something different, they can't retire. But those of you who are watching, who are a credit investor, you want to look at that to see, okay, maybe that's what's going to make up the difference in your retirement. Two more that I want to go over during our remaining time together. And then next week, what we're going to focus on is, okay, well, we've gone through all these different types of investments that we have. How do we be most efficient with them? So I want to talk about real estate. You know, real estate is a type of investment. You, whether it's a real estate investment trust where someone else is doing it for you. I've seen a lot of those. I've seen a lot of them that didn't work, but I've seen a lot of them. But there's also individuals who love real estate. So here's the deal. My husband and I, we had some real estate. We had a rental property over, well, we had, so it doesn't matter where it was. We had some rental property and it was within 20 minutes of our house. So my husband could run over there. He could check how things were. He could come back and we worked it out so that it could be in our path of where we were going so we could see if there was any problems. This real estate did so well that when we had an opportunity to sell it, a business, an established real estate business came in and bought it. And that's what we turned and used that. And then he bought a big trucking company. So this all segued in that. Why am I telling you that? Because real estate can be something that either A, you use it for residual income, you use it for Airbnb, you're using it for rentals, monthly rental, annual rental. But it also, when you look at investments, there's a time when you should sell your investment for another investment opportunity. And so that's what we did with ours. We looked at what we had and we said, hmm, have we maximized the purpose on this? Yes, we bought low, now it's high, this real estate company wants it, let's sell it. These are things that when you're evaluating what's in yours, we want to determine, do you want rental unit income during retirement? Do you want to? And here's a lot of what I can I see is individuals will come to me and they will say, hey, I've got six, seven, eight rental units, but if I sell them, I'm going to pay huge capital gains on it because they're not my primary residence and I've already, you know, uh, dollar, not dollar cost average, I've already done my taxes and depreciated, that was the word I was looking for. I've depreciated everything, so I'm going to pay so much money. Well, there are ways that we can help move that over where there are companies that say, oh, really? Because I'll buy all of them and then I'll pay you an income stream over life. It's like they make an annuity of your real estate properties, but now you don't have to fix the toilets. So there's a lot of options. Sitting down with a qualified, certified financial planner or a financial advisor you trust, they can literally go through and say, oh, keep that one, get rid of that one. Here's what I would do. Here's some options. Here's ways to help on taxes for it. We have a lot of those where businesses are wanting to sell and then they are able to work with a business 
consultant who was able to sell that business for them in a way that reduces the taxes. A lot of opportunities out there. And actually, that was the last one I wanted to bring up. Don't overlook the fact that a business is a great investment. I, I know we're getting close to the end of our program, but I can't tell you how many people come in and they say, I don't have a lot of money in the stock market, but I have a business. And I know you're going to tell me I need to invest in the stock market. I'm like, why? You've got hands on to your business. Let's make your business as strong as possible, because then if we can figure out how much you need to sell that for when you retire and we can begin to put the processes and systems and procedures in place, that could really bring a great income in retirement. So don't discount or feel ashamed or feel like, oh, well, I need to put money in the stock market. Why? There's so many investments out there, inventions that you can make. There is businesses. There is real estate. Yes, the stock market. These are things that we just need to evaluate and say, what's in your portfolio? Well, we're at the end of our time together. I want to encourage you, give our office a call at 518-433-7181. Let's sit down. Let's find out what's in your investment portfolio and help make it work so that you can retire and stay retired. Join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.